Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. What's unique about the scripture readings for this weekend, all three of them are woven with a common theme. Now, this is very unique. In most cases, the first reading and the gospel have a common theme with them. But in this case, for this weekend, all three of the scripture passages chosen are woven with a common theme, and that's of God's calling. The first lesson that we can take from this is that God breaks into our life, oftentimes with little warning at all. In the first reading, here we have Isaiah praying in the temple all by himself, and suddenly the Lord appears to him and with all the angels around him. It says, I saw the Lord seated on high in a lofty throne with the train of his garment filling the temple. Seraphims were stationed above. Well, God is now breaking into the life of Isaiah and he's calling him into service. Look at the second reading. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Paul references his encounter with the risen Lord on his road to Damascus. And Paul The least person that he ever expected to encounter on that road, Jesus Christ, the person that he was persecuting himself, now he encounters Christ and his life has changed forever. Look at the gospel. Here we have Peter. Peter is minding his own business. He's tend to his own business on the boat, fixing it. And suddenly Jesus, he gets on the boat and he sits down. And then he tells him to put off a little to shore so that he can teach. Jesus comes into Peter's boat, unannounced, uninvited, and then directs him. Now, stick with that gospel story. Remember, Peter's a fisherman. That boat meant everything to him. That boat wasn't just a means for travel or pleasure for Peter. No, it was a way in which he made his living. His whole livelihood depended upon that boat. And now Jesus gets into that boat and he sits down and now he directs Peter. Symbolically, Jesus now enters into the life of Peter. And Peter's life is no longer going to be the same again. Notice in all three of these stories, Isaiah, Paul, and Peter, it's God that breaks into their life, not the other way around. Isaiah, Paul, Peter, they're not chasing after God. And yet, so often in our popular culture, there's that new age spirituality. You see it in bookstores throughout the country. It's based upon the human being searching for God. What's the implication here? Well, it reduces God to some distant figure, you know, out there on the horizon waiting for us, waiting for us to discover him. Well, that's not the biblical God that we know. The biblical God that we know goes out and seeks after us. 
That's the infinite passion that he has for us. You see that in all three of the scripture readings for this weekend. He breaks into the life of Isaiah, into Paul and Peter. Remember last week in the reading in which God calls Jeremiah into servanthood. He says to Jeremiah, you know, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you, a prophet to all the nations. See, the biblical God that we know is the God that chases after us, that breaks into our lives. And so Jesus gets into the boat with Peter. Essentially, he now is getting into the life of Peter. And now he's going to direct Peter's life forever. Well, the same thing holds true with us. The moment of our baptism, God broke into our lives. And our lives are changed forevermore. And now God directs our lives. And yet, what's the temptation? To say, hey, wait a second. My life is about me. My will, my desires, my fortune, my pleasure. And yet what? Your life is not about you. Your life is not about your will, following your desires, following your passions, in your honor, in your glory. Instead, your life is about you in relationship with God. See, that is what gives you purpose, meaning, and fulfillment in life. Isaiah, Paul, and Peter realize this as God has broken into their life and now directs their life. Now, after Jesus has taught the people, he says to Simon, put out into the deep and lower your nets for a catch. Now, this is very important. Why? Because so many people live their lives in the spiritual shallowness. They believe that they can seek money and pleasure and honor and power, and all those things will give them happiness, fulfillment. And it doesn't. When Jesus comes into our life, he wants to unite our lives with his. So that what? Our lives are deeply rooted, deeply connected with God. See, that's what Jesus is telling Peter when he says, put off into the deep waters. What he's telling Peter is deeply connect your life with mine. And then your life will have purpose and meaning and fulfillment. Now, notice Peter's response. He says, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. What's Peter really saying here? What's the point? What's the point? We worked hard all night. We caught no fish. Now, what's the point in going out this morning and catching nothing again? See, that's the voice of this world. The voice of this world tells us what? Seek happiness in the things of this world, which are what? Pleasure, honor, power, fame, fortune, notoriety, materialism, money. All those things will give you happiness. And what happens? We go out and we search for those things and we attain them. And ultimately, they don't give us happiness. And what happens next? We become frustrated like Peter and we say, what? What point is it? We'll never find happiness at all. But only when we turn our lives over to Christ, only when Christ begins to direct our lives, do we then find what we need in life. Now, what's also so important about this exchange is what Peter says next. 
but at your command, I will lower the nets. Here, Peter cooperates with God. It's a basic biblical truth. When we are confronted with God and we cooperate with God's grace, our lives will be changed forever. And see, this is what Paul is getting at in the second reading from Corinthians. He tells the Corinthians his life was radically changed on that road to Damascus in which he encountered the risen Christ. But, and most importantly, he cooperated with God's grace. That's why he says, by God's grace, I am what I am. That's a powerful spiritual statement in which God's grace has formed and fashioned Paul into being an apostle and to doing good works as an apostle. That's why he continues on and says, by God's grace, it has not been ineffective in me. Well, that's so true. Paul here is acknowledging that he put out into the deep, just like Peter did. He linked his life deeply into the life of Jesus Christ. And therefore, he cooperated with God's grace. And in doing so, he accomplished something that was far beyond his own imagination. To the extent that he evangelized two continents, Europe and Asia. Now, let's get back into the gospel story. Peter has just let down his nets. And in doing so, they caught a great number of fish. And then nets were tearing. Now, in the ancient world, fish was a daily staple. It was part of their daily diet, provided nourishment for the people. Symbolically, when we unite our life with God's life, then we will always be fed. When we are linked with Christ in the greatest and the deepest way, we can expect to always be nourished. Do you truly want peace in your life? Do you want true happiness and joy? Well, it can only be found in the deep waters in the life of Jesus Christ. Only when we lower our nets, which means what? When we welcome Christ into our life, such that he is the center of our life, then we can always be expected to be fed by God, not just by his body and blood, but also by his grace and his blessings. And not only are we fed, but we are fed in a super abundant way. Just like the catch of fish was in a super abundant and over the top way. Now the story begins to heat up. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. That's another great lesson for us. The closer we get to Christ, the closer we see how off-center we are from Christ. We see our own sinfulness. You see this in the three readings for this weekend. You see this in the lives of the saints. The closer we get to God, the more we become aware of our sinfulness. How? Well, I'll give you a good analogy. Driving in these Wisconsin winters, you drive during the day, your windshield looks pretty clean. You know, a few smudges here and there. But it's only at night when the light from the oncoming traffic peers through your windshield, that's when you see just how dirty and filthy the windshield truly is. Well, that's what's going on here with Isaiah and Paul and Peter. Here, the light of Christ is penetrating their souls. And in doing so, they see the smudges on their soul that was created by their own sin. Isaiah, notice what he says in the first reading. 
Woe is me, I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips. Well, he acknowledges he is in the presence of God, and therefore he is a sinful man. Look at Peter. Peter says to Jesus, leave me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Well, we do the same thing at Mass. The very beginning of Mass, we sign ourselves with the sign of the cross. We acknowledge that we are in the presence of God. And then what's the next thing we do? We pray the confidior, don't we? I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. Well, we recognize that we are in the presence of God and now we recognize our sinfulness. Now, is this bad? No, it's absolutely good. It's good to recognize our sinfulness so that we can do something about it. God wants nothing more than to rid ourselves of our sin so that what? Now we are prepared to serve him. Now, don't make the mistake of Isaiah or Peter. They see their sin and they see it as an obstacle for serving God and therefore they refuse to serve God. Well, no, our sin shouldn't prevent us from serving God. Acknowledge the presence of God in our life then allow to God to get rid of that sin. Look at the first reading. The angel, he takes a piece of hot coal and he touches the lip of Isaiah. And in doing so, he forgives his sins. Look with Peter. Jesus says to Peter, from now on, you'll be catching men. Well, he forgives him of his sins. And now they're prepared to serve God. Well, so too with us. When we go to confession, God clears away our sins so that now we are properly prepared to serve him. Strongly encourage you, take some time this week. Reread all three of these scripture passages. They are a wonderful way to help us prepare for the season of Lent that is coming this week as we celebrate Ash Wednesday. All three of these readings are uniquely linked. First, they tell us that God breaks into our life, first at baptism, then during events and people in our life. Welcome the Lord. Allow him to direct your life. Push out into the deep. Establish a deep union with God, with your life, with Christ. Allow the Lord to rid sin out of your life so that now you are free to serve him each and every day of your life. See, that's why these passages are so important for us all. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.